If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. <laughs> and I'm Allison. Um, we're just two gals in the void uh, chatting about a horror movie that we're going to ruin just for you. Just for all you. Allison, no. No. You first. Okay, Allison, how you fine. doing? I'm bad. Um, okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As if I'm not bad all the time. But there's a specific new. Somehow, like a week ago, my face had some kind of allergic reaction to something that I cannot pinpoint. I have used no different products. I have eaten no different foods from normal. I have, like, I've been using the same laundry detergent for, like, two months. I have oh, no new fabrics in my life. It My whole head itches. <laughs> like, or not my whole so It's sorry. mostly, like, around my mouth. And, like, it doesn't, like, oh. at first I was like, oh, it feels like a sunburn, kind of. And I thought it was a sunburn. And then I was like, oh, maybe the sunburn. And then, like, my lotion is interacting with, like, a, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> boy, it sucks. And I'm just like, can you just, like, develop a random allergy? You can, out of apparently. Nowhere. Yeah. Which, like, that's what I'm afraid of. What so do you I don't think you're know. allergic to? I don't know. I Like, I use really gentle skincare products, so it doesn't, like, look that bad. It's just, like, a little, I'm, like, a little redder. It doesn't look redder. that bad. Okay. Well, I you mean, can could it be me. environmental? Like, could it be, like, pollen or something, like, in I, the air? I mean, I'm allergic to pollen and have really bad, like, seasonal allergies, as we both very much suffer from. But yeah. I don't think it's quite that. I don't know. It's, like, this kind of just, like, mystery that's not the biggest deal, but it is, like... How do I figure? I guess I have to I'm go to so a dermatologist. Sorry. I guess my question is, um, yeah, like if you take a Zyrtec or Benadryl, does it go away or is it just lingers? I haven't taken anything like any antihistamine or, or allergy type stuff. So I guess I could try that. It doesn't, it feels so like I'm not someone who like gets hives or like breaks out with yeah. allergic stuff. So it feels just like, and it's like pretty localized to being like, in one area of my face where I'm like, it is, I think it's something that's like outside in, not inside out. Yeah. Also, this is basically what going to the doctor is in America right now. It's just trying to describe something to a friend. Yeah, right. I'm getting about the same treatment. I guess I feel like, um, go to the doctor. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, and not that this is the exact same, but recently both Elsa and I were on Doug Loves Movies and then I was on again. And right before I was on it, there's a, a fig tree. I live in LA. Mm. And so there's like fruit trees. And I will just, if they're overhanging the street, I will just take them because otherwise they just fall on the sidewalk and rot. And I, I, I picked a fig and you, I've done this before out of the same tree. And I usually, of course, rinse it off when I get mm. home. But uh, because I'm an ape, I just bit into Shoved it. Shoved it in your mouth. Yeah. And the, it has like sort of a sticky, like white sap on the top of it. Oh no. And I guess I'd always rinse that off before I bit into it. And then the sap was on my lips and then my lips and my mouth started to go numb. And I'm like, am I going to go into anaphylaxis while I'm doing Doug Loves movies? Cause oh I'm going to be pretty fucking pissed about that. But then I was like, so I just took a Zyrtec and then I was like, Hey guys, if I stop talking, just, you know, uh, I probably had. Call 911. Yeah, um, it ended up being fine. But similarly, I was like, I've eaten this fruit. It's obviously not the fruit. It must be the sap I'm allergic to or like have some sort of reaction yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, It was just that moment of like, oh, I wasn't planning on having some sort of horrific allergic reaction today, you know? Oh, God. It's just like everything about being 
a human who's alive in the world right now is uh, yeah. terrible. I, it is hard to... Like, physically. <laughs> I don't mean to say this the way it's going to sound, but, like, I was reading some about, you know, climate change, and they're like, well, you know, either this is going to be just how it is for a while, or over the next two decades we will slide into what could potentially be total climate collapse. And I'm like, well, time to go record our podcast. Oh, and, boy. Um, but also, like, uh, that. what else can we do? You know, I mean, right. other, I mean, like, obviously, uh, I, I, we probably should be, um, um, I don't want to say blowing up yachts, but I think that's I where think a lot be. of us uh, are going to end up. And we just maybe all should plan for that. Mm-hmm. Um, not today, but perhaps tomorrow. And again, I don't say this to alarm people. It's just... You know, as things get worse, we're going to want to feel like we could do something about it. And why not do it now? Uh, and I appreciate everyone who is a climate activist or is doing yes. anything regarding the climate. Um, you know, watching just people try to demonstrate in any uh, way possible. You know, it's, I don't know, my heart really goes out to anyone who's doing anything. And it makes me be like, okay, well, I don't know what to do, but I could at least show up somewhere and hold a sign. So, yeah, yeah. I'm used to walking around outside now, so I can do that if that is helpful. Yeah, and, um, you know, that that's what's going on with me, I think, sort of, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I imagine, listener, you're, you're going through much of the same. Um, We're all going through it. And at least now I have a... Hat for Riz that a friend bought me, so I'm going to oh, try yeah. and yeah. Could you, could you could you describe for those it that are uh, that are watching? It's a little fruit cap, like a, it looks like mm-hmm. the top of a fruit uh, goes on the top of your cat's head, and it has a little strap underneath so it can stay on because it needs to stay on. And it was a mystery box, and I got the strawberry. So Riz has a little strawberry hat that I know he'll never wear, but I if I can make it happen, it'll show up on the ruined Instagram. Yeah, I just think of all things cats like, having something really tight around their ears does not yeah. seem like this it. This is pretty loose. Like, it's not, like, super tight. So I think that, I mean, he has a little tiny head because he's a little tiny baby. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll give it a whirl. Strawberry cat. Strawberry cat. And strawberry cat will lead us to the future. Um, something has to, yes. right? Yes. Um, and with that, with that in mind, we are starting out this month's theme. And this month's theme is not so dissimilar from last month, except it's uh, Allison-specific. Yes. We're, the theme of October is Let's Scare Allison to Death, which, hey. of course, we take that title from the classic movie Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which we will be doing later in the month. Yes, of course, we must. And these are uh, our patrons on our, our Patreon have recommended movies. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. We're going to be uh, taking a gander at those. And these are all sp- the scariest movies you can think of. And if they could be specific to Allison, that would be great. Um, which brings us to our first film. Oh, boy. Because I thought this would be particularly scary to Allison because Allison is a water gal. I am a water gal. Loves to swim, loves to be at the beach. And the movie is, of course, 2003's <gasps> Open Water. Oh, my God. I'm so upset that we're doing this. Which, uh, for gals of our age, we're, uh, we both remember when this came out. This was sort of like, not Blair Witch level, but it was like, I mean, like, oh my god, the scariest yeah. fucking movie, and like, also like, total horror on a relatively simple basis, and also based on a real story. So we will discuss that at the end. Great, yes. can't wait. Um, and now, of course, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Allison, what did you think of the open water trailer? No, I remember this trailer. I remember seeing it in theaters. I remember seeing it on TV and maybe the internet, depending on. Like 2003. Yeah, yeah, I would have been online, I think. I think I was like going on to like 
AOL's homepage and being like, are there movie trailers? It was definitely Apple. On there. Apple. Okay. It, it was Apple had like, I don't know. There was some website where it was just like all of the movie trailers that are out. And I'm like, that's my favorite thing. Um, here's where I think things fall apart for me. Um, the dark. Yeah. Like night. Yeah. That's like, it's like obviously everything about the trailer is scary because everything about the concept of this where it's like, you're scuba diving and you come up and your boat is gone and you're in the middle of the ocean. But man, once night falls, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is such an intense primal fear of mine mm-hmm. being in open water. I guess I suppose that's for everybody. That's not in yeah. any way like, well, a quirky thing about me. No, no, it's it's horrifying. Um, but there is um the thing that I really that really gets me about this movie is that it is so unrelenting, yeah. and uh, even I, I, we'll get into it. But oh boy, this really stuck with me. Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> oh Allison. boy, this is you seem genuinely like moved by this in a bad way. Yeah, I watched it last night, and I was like, oh well, again, because not that. Uh, I think, you know, art right now is particularly beholden to the based on true story. And I think mm-hmm. we're kind of running up against the end of that. I, I you know, like, yeah. I love a true story, but also, of like, course. let's mix it up a little bit. Let's make some um, new stuff, too. But this this is haunting, which brings us to the um, baseline scary. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of open water? Like, as someone who loves the water, I love being on boats. I love swimming. I love anything I can do in the water. I'm interested I have no interest in being in water and not being at least in sight of land. Like I agree. I need to know what direction land is. Like, even if you're like, I don't know how far it is before you can't see land when you're in the water, but like, even if it's a super far distance, like, at least if I'm like, oh, the land is there. Like, yeah, people who could help us are there. They can probably be aware of me. I could, if I had to, I could make it back there somehow eventually, like... But open water where you're just in the middle of the ocean. Like, it is, I, nope, pass. Um, I completely agree. Uh, obviously, the characters in this movie also, uh, they are scuba diving. Right. And that there's so many levels to me of uh, claustro. I've only ever snorkeled. I've never scuba dived. Yeah, obviously, same. if you're, like, I'm certified. Not a, or- I'm not a scuba diver. Um, uh, the claustrophobia, the having something in your mouth underwater, uh, being underwater, um, being around a bunch of sharks and other fish that have their own business and you're entering their house. Yes. Um, the, the the weight of water on your body, the factor, the, like there's so many steps that I it, are yeah. not for me. It's not for me. And even just also like there's the, like if you're deep underwater, like you can't go up too fast. So if something does oh, happen or yeah. is happening, then it's like, oh, also going to kill you. Absolutely. Um, completely and absolutely. And before we we begin, uh, would you like to guess the twist in open water, Allison? Guess the twist. Um, would you say there's a twist in this? I sure wouldn't. It's pretty straightforward what's going to happen to these people. And the horror is just knowing that it's inescapable and they are simply adrift in the middle of the ocean. With no protection or ability to stop what's going to happen. I'm going to guess that they don't get rescued and, like, kind of the the thrill of it is that the people get there, like, just too late to rescue Mm -hmm. them. Okay, great. Let us begin 
Ruining open water. Allison, t- oh, text on the screen up top, Ooh. baby. Based on true events, uh, we mean our main man, Daniel. He's loading up his hatchback with all of his uh, luggage, including scuba equipment, not the tank, but everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, your little uh, face mask, your flippers, they got it all. He's, both he and Susan, who is his lover, uh, who we're about to meet, are very busy. And we see Daniel, I, I'm not sure if he, he's supposed to be a heating and cooling man or a contractor, but he okay. calls his coworker Don and he's like, please don't put the boiler in until I get back. The house is going to be done in a couple weeks. Uh, the inspection's going to be then. So we don't have to rush into it. At home, we see Susan also place her own call. I think she does like new, uh, sports news. Sure. So she's like, find another producer. I'm on vacation. I we, At least call someone for the pregame, you know? Okay. okay. So they're very busy. So they're taking this vacation specifically to be like, we are going to spend time with one another. To me, they are both like... Uh, 40 years old. I don't know, like, one or either of divorce, but, like, these are fully adult people who are trying to have this relationship get mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this is a struggle for, yeah. uh, you know, busy people such as ourselves. Which I like, understand. You really do have to take time out. So you they do. are doing it. And we also find out at a certain point that in their relationship, they have gotten scuba diving certified. So it's like a fun thing they do together. And now finally they're going to go and uh, they don't specifically say where they are, but they are an American couple based on their accents. And the, um, unfortunately the real couple, uh, this happened off the coast of Australia um, over the Great Barrier Reef. Australia. Yeah. Scary shit happens down there. So let's say they live in L.A. We're flying down to Australia. You know, okay, like, we're, again, yeah. we're, we are going to be gone, gone. We are, you know. Uh, he picks up Susan, and they get in the car. She keeps getting phone calls from her producer, Cal, to ask her what to do. And she also is bringing her laptop. And he says, you know, I don't even know if they have Wi-Fi there. Or they're like, oh, sorry, it probably wasn't Wi-Fi. It's like, yeah. I don't think you can get online there. She's like, oh, no, I checked. You can. And so, again, it's this dumbass Cal calling over and over again. And Daniel says, this is supposed to be vacation. And Susan goes, and boy, do we need one. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. This is the oh. vacation of a lifetime. But with that, Allison, they're off. We, they're on the plane. And now they're at a beautiful beachside resort, presumably in Australia. We see an iguana. We see kids playing in the surf. Everyone's okay, having iguanas. tropical drinks. Like, we see them by the beach, uh, relaxing in the sun, having a great time. Later, we see Daniel's working on Susan's computer. When she comes back, she is set up for the next morning a scuba excursion at 8.30 a.m. See, that to me is not vacation. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. But I guess it's like, these are such workaholics. They are the people on vacation. They need to have appointment. Like, we have to have stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. And he says, oh, here's your computer back. Do you want to check your email? She's like, no, but vacation. Time to enjoy the island. They go to, like, a bunch of different shops. They get a coconut to sip out of. We see party boats of drunk, mostly white people. You know, people, you know, just regular sure. resort-type stuff. stuff. Um, she snaps a photo of Daniel putting his head in a big fake shark's mouth, which, okay, of course, that's is— fun. You know, um, and then they walk side-by-side side in the surf. And I wrote, me and who, Allison? Oh. Me and who? Um, that night they... Me and you. Oh, well, that'd be nice. I would go on vacation with you. <laughs> I would love that. I, yeah, I would love that. I will say I'm not a beach gal. I, yeah, that's where I like a differ. beach for about an hour and it's like, I, I, yeah, I unfortunately will have to go to a museum or something. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. We could do our own thing. Yeah, yeah, Um, that night they're laying nude in bed and, uh, uh, they have sort of, I didn't know if it was aloe. They have some sort of like white, um, substance on their face. Oh, I wonder they're if like, it would make my face feel better. <laughs> Honest to God, it couldn't hurt. I would ask them, but I don't feel like they're available anymore. 
And Daniel, they kiss, and Daniel's like, so how are you doing? And Susan's like, you know, I'm fine. I am really stressed about work, but I'm trying to let go, you know. And he's like, well, maybe I get you to think about something else. But Susan tells him, I might not be in the mood. I'm kind of exhausted. And Daniel says, you're right. It's been a long day. And they hit the hay. Mm. And there's a funny moment where in the middle of the night, they turn on the lamps, and then Daniel's on his knees in the bed with a rolled-up magazine. is just trying to crush, like, a huge bug. Yeah, see, that's the Australia I'm not interested in. Yeah. The alarm goes off at 6.30. Daniel rolls over to cuddle Susan, and the beautiful morning in paradise stretches out past the window, and we see the glittering emerald sea. It's, this is water's green green. Mm. And so we see, and sort of like everything we see sort of sets up how this might happen. So basically, all these tourists are getting on the boat. Everyone brings their own gear except for the oxygen tanks are provided by this uh, scuba boat yeah. crew. Service. Yeah. And it's obviously people who are all certified uh, the boat is pretty packed. Um, it turns out there are 20 uh, passengers. We see an older couple. We see some frat guys. We see a couple with their tween son. We see, like, another couple, like Susan and Daniel. So it's And it's a very small boat. So you kind of already get, like, the like you're kind of cramped on, like, yes. how sort of, how would you lose track of two people? Well, it's kind of obvious. Uh, we meet our, our guy, Davis, who gets up and he announces everyone, like, welcome aboard the world-famous Reef Explorer. And here's the cat, our captain, Linda. Linda will stay on the boat during the excursion, so if anything ever happens, you can surface and wave to Linda and she'll see you. And Junior and I will be in the water with you. If you have any problems, just swim up to us and we will be monitoring the dive. They're headed to a dive site called Magic Kingdom. And he said, uh, some of the fish you'll be able to see, moray eels, spotted eels, parrotfish, angelfish, and you're going to be swimming over the coral reef. So it's sort of like you'll just okay. see all these different beautiful fish. That is the one nice. thing that, I, I, that scuba appeals to me. And it's like being able to see coral reefs up close would be cool. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. I'm willing to miss that to not ever go scuba diving. <laughs> yes. And someone says, well, we see sharks. And David says, well, we are going to the open ocean. That is where they live. But they are not aggressive towards people, like especially in a group. So you will not be in danger. But as I always say, if you don't want to see a shark during a dive, close your eyes. And everyone laughs and laughs. Not funny. And we see him take a head count, 20 people. We arrive, they, they take the boat out, they arrive at the Magic Kingdom dive site. And he says everyone's going to be using the buddy system, so you have to go in with another person. Junior and I will be in the water with you. Linda will be on the boat. And you can give her the international distress signal. And he goes, help! Which I did think was funny. That's fun. Meanwhile, there's a diver there named Seth who's there alone. He's also not listening because he's lost his mask. And he's sort of frantically looking around everyone's feet. And he's like, uh, has anyone seen? And everyone glaring at him because Davis is trying to give this safety. It's like, do you want to listen to a 10-minute safety talk or do you want to fucking die out here? Yeah. Like, grow up, you this know? Is, this is not one of the, this isn't like being on a plane where it's like, I know how to put a seatbelt on. Let's like keep it moving. Yeah. And eventually Seth just starts asking him, like, did you bring an extra mask? Nobody did because they weren't planning on you, Seth. And the, the crew didn't bring it because you have to bring everything except for the tanks. And David says, I'm sorry, you cannot die without a mask. And Seth is pissed. He's like, I get that, Travis. And I was like, bring God the sharks. Bring yes. God the sharks. Chomp, chomp, baby. Um, and everyone's getting a little pissed. So finally, Seth settles down. And David says, we're going to down to the depth of 60 feet, which is where the uh, reef is. And we'll be diving for 35 minutes. I don't know if that's a normal amount of time. Seems like plenty of time to me. That's enough. Everyone's doing 35 minutes. And then at 1030, everyone comes back up. We'll load you back onto the boat. And we'll take you back to shore. So off we go. Everyone's sort of jumping in the boat, and we see the timestamp. It's uh, 9.45 a.m. Okay. Again, I'd still be asleep at the resort. <laughs> oh, 100%. I'd be so fucking hungover. <laughs> Seth's, like, stewing on the boat while everyone goes down. <laughs> 
we see a couple surface, uh, not our couple. Mm-hmm. And Linda calls back to them, and the woman says, "I can't equalize my ears, so I can't dive. I can't. I don't know what that is, but." Basically, the pressure in her ears is such that she can't dive. Okay. So Linda says, we'll just come back up, and you guys will be on the boat. Sorry about that. You guys could go come back tomorrow, you know. Um, and she has to swim back. And Junior notes on the clipboard, three scratches. So three on board. So it's Seth and this couple, three mm-hmm. on board. Underneath the initial 20. However, Seth then says to the woman, oh, if you're not going to be able to dive, can I borrow your mask? And she says, yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to go back in. But Linda says, sir, you cannot go down without a buddy. And Seth basically bullies this woman's husband, whose name is Brian, to go down with him. What a nightmare. Yes. Otherwise, Seth can't dive. And Brian's like, that's fine. So they dive back in, right? Okay. And he's like, thank you so much. There's a place in heaven. There's a place in heaven for you two and you two, Linda. And they dive down. However, as you can see, the passenger count is then immediately going to get fucked up. Because Junior, who was in the water before he got in, said there are three on board. Right. Now there's one on board, which means there are two that there's confusion okay. around. Right. And we see Daniel's- I do have some more questions, but I'm going to see if they— Okay. Because, like, wouldn't just counting the oxygen tanks be the answer? Well, Allison, you'd All think right. so. Uh, we see Daniel and Susan. They're doing backflips. They're watching Beautiful Fish. It does seem really magical if you're into that, but I yeah. could never. Um, and then eventually— one by one, everyone starts to surface. About a half hour, Linda has them come up, checks the regulator, and then everyone, you know, gets in their seat. And everything's right as rain, Allison. Unfortunately, Junior is in charge of the counting. Junior looks like he's 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, everyone should, it should be like, if Junior writes it down, then Davis and Linda are checking, yes. right? Junior writes, Davis and Linda check. Then, you know, just to make sure, that seems like the way to do it. Yeah. Um, so he, because he was in the water and didn't see Seth and Brian get back in, he's tabulating based on the three slashes already on the board. Right. Which is off by, say it with me too, who will be our miscalculated two? Unfortunately, it is poor Susan and Daniel, who are using their like underwater camera to photograph fishes, having the time of their life, Allison. We see Seth and Brian get back on board, and Junior counts them again. But again, they're the double count. Mm. And at first I was like, how do people not recognize? Like, the 20 is not that many. But I will say, like, 20 strangers, all of them were, like, wearing sunglasses and hats or yeah. wearing masks. Like, Why everyone wouldn't you equipment. just do, like, a name roll call, Agreed. too? You should have to check it off. There should yeah, be, I'm like, sure. That's, what, that's what you have to do now. Several, like, it's like, we're counting the oxygen tanks. We're counting the people on board. Yes. And then we're not leaving the area until, like, all the manifest has been, like, yeah. completely accounted for. we read your name. For. You raise your arm yes. and we write it down. Exactly. Yes. Everyone's having a blast. So when Junior counts up to 20, he tells Captain Linda, we got everybody. And Allison, with that, the boat pulls up its ladder and starts its engine. And they drive off, leaving Susan and Daniel alone in the middle of the open ocean. I'll ask it right now, Allison. What would you do? <laughs> What would you do? I mean, do they come up with the boat anywhere in sight? No. Oh. Allison, when they come up. They don't even know what direction it went. The boat's entirely gone. And there's no way to know what direction you're facing. Like, do they have compasses? I feel like having a compass. They have their camera, and Daniel has a dive knife, and that's it. We got no compass, we got no waterproof phone. Uh, we got no radio. <laughs> They're just loose in the water no. with their scuba equipment on. No. But we do see, to your point, as the boat pulls away, we see the two slots where the tank should be. Count the air tanks! <sighs> like, I, I'm just like, I'm upset by this, uh, yes. you know, 
excursion. It's just unnecessary. It's an unnecessary mistake. And this is why, I will say this to you, listener, you have to be a loud, annoying bitch everywhere you go. Yes. Not in a mean way, but like in a fun way. Where are you? Where's that loud bitch? (laughs) Say what you will about Seth being a huge monster on the boat. People would remember if he wasn't there. It's like, oh my God, that annoying guy's out here. He's probably dead in the water. Unfortunately, Susan and Daniel surface. The boat is totally gone. And they see two boats in the distance. And they're like, oh my God, it must be one of those. We must have drifted. Or maybe the current carried us. So Susan says, okay, like, let's start swimming towards the boat. But he's like, no, we should stay over this part of the coral reef. When we dove, there's sort of a three-pronged coral reef formation. Yeah. And it's right below us, so we should just stay over it because that's where they'll be returning. Once they figure it out, they'll figure it out and they'll come back. And we have to be over this part because this is the dive site. Right, they won't be able to find us. Exactly. Uh, And Susan's like, you know, a coral reef in the middle of the ocean, but you lost on the way to my mother's. And he's like, well, yeah, I I wanted to go to the coral reef. So they start waving their arms to flag down the other boats, but they're... They're barely visible, and also right. they're at water level, and they're wearing, like, black wetsuits. So they're yeah. not—it's not like they're, like, in bright white or reflective Right, yeah, like a, like a safety vest where you're like, oh, that's how you see a person because it's orange and in the water. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, which you think maybe they should be doing, if I you think ask that, yeah, me. You I don't know. shouldn't be allowed to dive in a black wetsuit. Yeah. As they float there, they see a small airplane fly overhead, but again, they wave. They can't see them. And Susan puts her face in the water. It was like, I don't see the coral formation. Can you show me? And they, he look, Daniel looks down and it's like, okay, it's not below us. Not because we're in the wrong place, because we're drifting, we're drifting with the current. Yeah. So Susan's freaking out. She's like, should we swim back there? He's like, we could do whatever we want, but we're in the ocean. The ocean is going to move us. Like, we are in the current now. <sighs> oh, my God. And that, I didn't even think about that. Right. Right. You can't stay in place easily. And Susan already is sort of, like, turning on Daniel and is like, well, what are we going to do? Like, as if it's his fault or his responsibility. And I was like, Susan, you need to understand that you two are on a team. And that team is, team, let's not die out here. Yeah. Work together. You can get divorced when you get back if you survive. Yeah. Just then, the boat they were looking at starts its engine. They think, oh, great. The boat will come back. It must be the right right boat. Allison, they wave. That boat is a party boat. And it goes, it just goes in the wrong direction. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even see them. Are they screaming? Yes, yeah. But it's too far away. And again, I feel like, I don't know how sound travels over water I don't there, either. But I, the people just can't hear them. So just so we see the scuba boat, excur- the scuba excursion boat land back on the dock. Everyone's getting out. And then under the bench on the boat is a bag full of Susan Daniel stuff. Nobody notices it. So even though they left their stuff there. Right, you know, it's like, uh, this is entirely, uh, like sometimes I want to not- yeah. Um, victim blame, but like the people who end up in a bad situation are, you know, were careless at some point or something happened where it's like, it's not their fault, but like their actions kind of like contributed to the scenario they're in now. This is entirely on the people that run the scuba. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, just then, Allison, they see a shark spin about 15 no. feet away, break the water. Susan freaks out, and Daniel's like, hey, don't worry. They live out here. An hour ago, you were petting a shark. And she's like, that was basically a big catfish, and that was a kind of shark that is not, like, I don't know what it was, a carpet shark or something, but it's like, that was not a dangerous shark. Carpet shark. And that was, that wasn't an hour ago. That was two hours ago, Daniel. We've been out here alone for, like, an hour. Allison, suddenly the shark surfaces no more than eight feet away, and they both fucking freak out. Yeah. Understandable. I don't want to be that close to a sh- as as someone who recently went to an aquarium didn't see any sharks though, um, no yeah. 
Susan says, well, what do we do if it comes back? Do we splash? He's like, well, the sharks are attracted, based on what I know from Shark Week and like taking diving lessons, shark, sharks are attracted to wounded fish. So just try to stay calm and not thrash around. Like it's actually the thrashing that's probably attracting them. Oh, the thrashing. But it's, it's hard not to thrash, you know? Susan is panicking and they both put their masks on and look down and they play this very like uh, wordless like tonal singing and we just see like shots of the waves in this like expansive ocean and to me it was very effective because it is sort of like you were at the mercy of nature the planet yeah Yeah, like you are out here it is bigger than you we are but a speck you know I will say like TikTok has served me a few videos of like wild ocean stuff that's like not like people swimming around but like massive boats getting tossed around by it's like you you know you see the ocean at the beach and you're like ah yes but like being out in the middle of like real ocean ocean is so terrifying yeah it's another planet it feels like another planet um we cut to them and they're playing a movie game and you can tell like daniel's the one trying to keep it light but susan can like she's freaking out yes she suddenly screams, Allison, something has either stung or bitten her ankle. And then Daniel screams and says, we got to get the hell out of here. And they start swimming, and they're basically swimming through a sea of jellyfish. No. Yeah, it's like sharks are not the only thing. Exactly. Oy. And unfortunately, now they're totally displaced from the dive site because it's like we have to move to not be stung by jellyfish over and over again. Right. Oh, my God. And Susan says— Oh, my God. It's so stressful. <laughs> Susan's like, I have never heard of anything as fucked up as this. Like, two people being left in the ocean— and Daniel says, actually, according to the dive magazines I read, it's actually more common than you'd think. Okay, that's awful. And Susan says, well, thanks for telling me before you ask me to get certified with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's nice. Allison, they see another boat in the distance. Again, they're, they're, they're co- constantly th- doing the right thing. They take off their masks and they're trying to like, and cover with water and try to re- reflect the sun off of them to try to create like a mirror effect. Okay. That's, I, I couldn't have figured that out. I was like, these people are geniuses. Unfortunately, Allison, it is now overcast and the boat just trundles away. And I'll say it here, I wrote my notes, this sucks shit. <laughs> this is the this worst. Does. This really yeah. sucks shit. Finally, Susan says, what if they don't know we're missing? And Daniel, of course, is like, that's not possible. We still have their tanks. Our bag is on board. We checked in. We paid for it. Like, there weren't that many people. Unfortunately, Susan can't even reply because she says, oh, my God, my drama mean is wearing off. So apparently she's seasick. Oh, Christ. Also, they should collect the money after. That yes. way you would definitely know if someone oh, was missing. Smart. See, we should be running scuba excursions. No, we shouldn't. People would no, die. No, we shouldn't. Anyway. Everybody would die. Daniel says, you're probably just dehydrated. Also, don't drink the water. You didn't drink the water, did you? Susan's like, I just drank a little bit. And he's like, no, but you're joking, but please don't. He's like, I've watched Shark Week and Disasters at Sea, and people, basically people are driven to drink the water. Right, because you get so thirsty. Like, we know you can't, but also you will be tempted. Especially when you're, like, in it. Girl. So Susan gets more and more nauseous. And she and Daniel decide to drop the weights out of her weight belt, which also the excursion gave them. He's like, well, they could charge us for it if they want, but we're fucking suing these people. So they drop the weights out so it's not, like, pulling on her abdomen. Mm-hmm. And the water's getting colder, right? Because they're, like, out there. Their body heat's dissipating into the water. It's the middle right. of the ocean. Right. So they put their gloves on. And Susan's like, honestly, I think the salt water might be helping my jellyfish sting. So that's good. Oh, I guess there's one, some silver lining to being abandoned at sea. And she's so she's like nauseous, and he's like, honestly, just lay back, and I'll stay. I'll stay away. Close your eyes, and if you need to relax and like just because you're feeling sick, I will watch for the boat. Daniel, and she says, I have to pee. Okay. 
This will be warm for a minute. We see Susan sleeping at the time code 4.40 p.m. So they've been out there for hours. Mm. She's sunburned as hell. Yeah, of course. There's like no protection. Allison, we see a shark swim underneath her. And suddenly she's jolts awake by the shark. She doesn't know that because she's asleep. So it, it bumps into her. She jolts awake. But because she's like disoriented, she doesn't know what just happened. Allison, she looks over. Daniel's gone. No. Who will survive this movie? survive oh no one no one's gonna survive this movie i it's not looking good i don't know the story it's based on i would hope that that includes the people that run the scuba service they should also die they all die by suicide uh, when they find out what they've done yes um i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna guess they both don't make it allison she panics but luckily she looks and she sees daniel not too far away he had also dozed off and mm. they started to drift apart, which is also terrifying. Well, it's like, well, right. of course you're going to fall asleep at some point, And then once you're asleep, you will then separate. Right. Like, they it's can't. like you need to link yourselves together somehow. Yes. So she swims to him. He swims back. He's screaming. They swim back together. And she says, oh my God, my other leg hurts now. And something is tapping on it. Allison, she's been bitten by the shark that woke her up. A little bite, but it's still there. And now and she's now bleeding. You're bleeding into the water no. and little little fish are nibbling on her flesh and blood. Oh my God, the ocean is full of horrors. And uh, Susan, as you would, vomits into the water in response to that. Yeah, I would just start throwing up everywhere. Yeah, and of course Susan's like, it was a shark, a shark bit me. And he's like, no, no, it was just a barracuda. She's like, bitch, it was a shark. Also like, I don't care if it's a yeah, barracuda it or if it's a shark, it bit me, so we're in danger. And he says, no, no, it couldn't be a shark. If it was a shark, your leg would be gone. Okay, that's not Allison, really helping. She still feels the tapping as the fish start to eat her flesh. And Daniel says, just try not to focus on it. Because, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, there's nothing. They don't need to wrap your leg, yeah. Daniel suddenly has a leg cramp, but can't even focus on that because a shark surfaces five feet away. Mm-mm. And Susan's panicking, like, what kind are they? And Daniel says, it doesn't matter. They're the big kind. yeah. And Daniel puts his, there's all these like great shots of like him putting, like one of them will put their head down and then you see the shark underneath them. So again, the surface seems fine and you look down, there's a shark right fucking there. Mm -hmm. Literally its face is looking at them. No. Because it smells the blood now. Of course. And the vomit. And so they start, exactly. Oh, sharks love blood and vomit. I I imagine that they're like dogs in that way where they're like, are you going to eat that? (laughs) Oh, you you guys going to eat that? By that I mean you? (laughs) So they start freaking out and they hold onto each other so they don't thrash around. And Susan keeps asking, are they gone? And they gone. It's like, even if they were gone now, you're in the ocean. They're going to come back. Yeah. Or, you're or in other, their or living other room. sharks. Yeah. yeah. They're also completely fucking sunburned, of course. Oh, my God. Finally, Daniel, who's the one trying to keep it light while Susan loses it, he just starts screaming. fucking believable. And the best part is that we paid to be out here. We paid those incompetent fuckers to drop us out in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that when you're scooping. And then, of course, because they're the only ones who can manage each other, Susan and Daniel get into a big fight. And he's, she's like, stop yelling. You're not the only one out here. He's like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that you're mad at me? Are you blaming me for this? And she's like, I'm not blaming you. I just want to talk about it. And he's like, how could you blame me? You agreed to go on this? Like, I, I love how, like, we've been out here for hours in the middle of the ocean. It's suddenly it's my fault. And she's like, let's just drop it. And I will say, this is my idea of hell. Not only are you stranded in the middle of the ocean, but, but your girlfriend's fighting. also mad at you. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Being it's in like, a please. couple fight. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, this is your fault. Basically, she's saying, like, bas- like 
the reason we're out here is that we came up too late and they left without us. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. You know they wouldn't have done that. She's like, well, look where we are. And they're yelling at each other. It's like, you refuse to swim with everybody else. We had to go off and like have our own adventure. And you always want to do something different. He's like, oh, well, we're blaming each other. The reason that we're here is because of you. Because apparently they had like a really nice vacation somewhere else planned. And because of your job, we had to change the dates. We had to come here, which again is like, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, now we're just kind of nitpicking. <laughs> exactly. And then Susan goes, I wanted to go skiing. And they both fall silent. And we see Susan is just sobbing. As we see sharks circle underneath oh them, Allison. God. I mean, honestly, at least, like, a fight would distract me from my abject terror Ugh. at what is about to happen exactly. to me. Like, at least you can be, like, screaming petty vacation planning nonsense at somebody and briefly forget that, like, something's eating your leg. Yeah. A barge goes by and they try to wave... It's too far away. Yeah. And they cling to each other as the sun beats down. And uh, Susan looks up, and there are birds circling overhead. Even the birds know. Mm. Timestamp, 6.45 p.m. It's getting dark. They see a buoy come into view, and Daniel's like, I can't believe how far we've drifted. Like, there's literally, we have no idea how far we've moved over the course of the day. So they decide, like, we're going to swim to the buoy because, like, at least it's something. Like, I don't know, we'll just, a buoy for what? You know, in the middle of the ocean? Right. Like, maybe I mean, there's some sort of radio on it. At least I don't they know. could, like, hang on to it. Unfortunately, Allison, uh, we see the sharks are trailing Susan and Daniel. Well, obviously, they're. As they make their way, because they're bleeding. Going to dinner. <laughs> and Susan tells Daniel, Daniel, I'm sorry, I love you. And they make up. So at least we okay. have that. Okay. And, Daniel, and Daniel very optimistically says, we're going to have a story we could tell the rest of our lives. Mm. And then Susan goes, oh, my God, Daniel, look. And she reaches into her pocket. She's a fistful of hard candy that was in her suit. Okay, that's something. And apparently she uses it because, which I didn't think about, is like her mouth gets really dry because you have the um, yeah. regulator in your mouth. Yeah. So she puts a piece of hard candy to like create saliva and they both have one. They're like, oh God, that's good. Hell yeah. But their pleasure is short-lived because the sharks decide to make a move on Daniel. They bump into him and bite his leg. And, he, of course, in the, his shock, drops his dive knife out of his hand. Don't just hold your knife. Keep it in the holster. Yeah, until you're really I mean, using it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he starts screaming, it bit me. It bit me. And we see from above the billow of blood just filling the water around them. So now all the sharks in it's a fucking five-mile— open bar invitation to sharks. And Susan steps on him and tells him, I'm going to look at your leg. We'll figure it out. She looks, and it's a huge gash that's bleeding. They, of course, also drop their camera, which a shark snaps up. And Susan tells him, I'm going to tie my weight belt around your leg to stop the bleeding. It dives down and ties it off. And Daniel starts shaking in pain because it's, it's a horrible bite, right? But Susan grabs him, and now she has to be the strong one and says, They're gonna, you're going to be okay. Just in time for nightfall. The best time to be eaten by sharks. And we see back on land, everywhere at the resorts, oh, they're drinking, they're dancing, they're having fun. Just party city. Party City, Australia. And now it's 11.30 p.m. Oh, my God. I and mean, in the distance, uh, Allison, we see the lightning flash. No. And a storm starts rolling in. <gasps> and we see, we hear Daniel, like, shuddering. Like, he's shutting down. They're floating in the middle of the night, no. in the middle of a storm, surrounded, surrounded by, by sharks, sharks. Both injured. And Daniel, it seems like, perhaps is bleeding out. And he sobs, oh, God, it hurts. And Susan says, there's something rubbing across 
my foot. And we see the sharks are basically right under them. And all Susan could do is hold him and be like, I love you. I love you. Please hold on, Daniel. Please hold on. It's like, girl, that's not how it works. And Daniel screams as the shark bites his leg again. Allison, the storm rolls in as they are sobbing in the dark, being attacked by sharks in cold water with only lightning to illuminate them. We see dawn break over the resort. And again, the pool's looking nice. There's morning doves gathering to eat whatever they, morning doves eat. I'm not some kind of bird expert. Eating sticks. And we see the diving boat get ready. We see Davis arrive to prep the boat for the next um, trip out. And only then does he see Daniel and Susan's bag underneath the bench. Allison, he opens it it and finds their dive certification cards, which has their photos on it and their information. Yeah. And only then does he realize, oh, fuck, these fuckers never made it back with us. And he runs off the boat, presumably to alert the ocean authorities. Oh, my God. The resort manager immediately goes to their room to check all their shit's there. Of course, they're not there. And to this resort's credit, they call the fucking Australian Coast Guard. Thank you. I mean, somebody's doing something right. And so we see, like, there's a helicopter, there's an aquatic plane, and five search boats are sent out, right? So, like, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying their best. We see Susan is in the water, still alive, but she has, like, a thousand-yard stare, and she's just sort of cradling Daniel's corpse. Which do you think is worse, to go first or second? I would say first because then I would feel bad leaving the other person there. Yeah, and, like, they could still, like, you know— what if they survive and then it's like you died? Like, I would just feel bad for the person. I would feel worse for the person to survive. Yeah. So that makes me feel like I would rather be the one to live so that my partner doesn't have to deal with this. Yeah. But also, that's a conversation that every couple has to have. You know that's what I mean? That's true. You do, especially if you like scuba diving. Yeah. And Susan has this thousand yard stare, obviously, because what else could you do? And she kisses his dead face and she cradles him and then she takes off his tank and lets him go. And his body is pretty much immediately pulled under the water by sharks. And we see the search effort, but Allison, at this point, Susan and Daniel have been drifting for nearly 24 hours. So right. it's like, how the fuck do you even know where they are? And I like, guess you look at the currents, yeah. but... But you don't know how far two people could travel, and they certainly were swimming around a little bit at one point. So it's like... Yeah. Hey. And there's, like, this excellent shot of, like, Susan staring at the water, again, totally out of it. And then, like, the camera dips below, and we see there's, like, at least 12 sharks. Of course. Underneath. And as we watch, she takes off her life vest and her tank. She pulls off her mask and she holds her nose and she dips below the water. And she never comes back up. And over the credits, we see a boat arrive in a marina carrying a dead shark. And they uh, start filleting it. And they open up the stomach and inside is Susan's camera. And we hear one of the fishermen says, wow, I wonder if it still works. The end. I just want to tell us a little bit of the uh, the real story is about Tom and Elaine Lonergan, who unfortunately uh, this literally happened to. It's oh. also happened in the Coral Sea off of Australia in uh, 1998. It was a similar thing. They were on a scuba diving excursion. Allison, their absences were not noted by the boat crew until two days later. I mean. There, that has to have shut down that enterprise. I have to assume not, not, not one shred of their, of a possession, no camera, nothing has ever been, they, they're presumed dead, but they've never been able to be able to find any shred of them. I mean, how could you? Like, yeah. They're at the bottom of the ocean. 
it was funny because uh, because people are insane. Like I guess after they disappeared, like some people were suggesting they like had faked their own disappearance or something. Um, but the skipper was eventually charged with okay. an unlawful killing, and he was found not guilty. But he did plead guilty to negligence, and the whole like you said, the whole enterprise, which is called Outer Edge Dive, had to fold. Yeah, I mean you can't. Yes, do that. And Though I do have to imagine that it is not. That's probably not the only instance of this happening. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah. maybe some of some people are, you know, it's recognized much sooner and they can go back and find people. But like, yeah. I got to imagine this happens. And it led to, according to Wikipedia at least, Queensland government introducing a stiffer regulations, including, like you said, the requirement that captains and dive masters independently confirm passenger headcounts. Yeah, yeah, like, you just, like, even if you're like, I know who's here, like, you just need at least a second set of eyes and, like, a real, requ- it can't just be, like, tick marks on a paper. Allison, what are some fatal mistakes people have made in the movie Open Water? Fatal mistakes. Scuba diving? Yeah, first, first and, and pr- most it's, prominent mistake. Yeah, it's the big one, scuba diving. Yeah. I mean, once they came up and there was nothing there, I mean, what could they do? That, yeah, that's the question. I don't know that there's anything that they were doing that, like, that they could have done something else. Like, I guess, like, maybe swim towards boats? I don't know. Yeah. But, like, you, they're so far away and you've got a scuba tank. Like, it's not— Easy. I don't know. Just scuba diving. Scuba diving, I think, is the biggest fatal mistake. And then, like, of course, many, many a mistake aboard that boat um, yeah. that, le- that led to their death. Yeah. I, um, it's not so much the mistakes they made. It's the mistakes everyone else made. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And that is uh, a tough nut to crack, um, to know that you were at the whims and the wilds of not simply nature, but of like a 20 year old, some 20 year old that was hired, probably doesn't even make minimum wage job and just nobody double checked. And, um, you know, I guess this is why we have to have these kinds of regulations or else just say nobody check it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then where where would you place, um, open water on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. This is an eight. Like, this is solidly an eight. This is so scary. Yeah. And, like, it's all real. This could, If you scuba dive, this could happen. And then it's, like, again, the, I think it's the relentlessness of, like, there's no break. There's no moment. There's no hope. Exactly. It's just a march toward a watery death. Um, yeah, I think that this really speaks to um, so many, like, to me, it's, like, there are a lot of things we do that's that are scary or gory or upsetting, mm-hmm. but there there is something that was so viscerally scary about this, and I guess it is just sort of like as a human being displaced mm-hmm. from any sort of control. And I don't know, it fucking rattled me, man. I just was, I you know, yeah. I'm gonna give it an eight too. I'm gonna give I it an eight as well. It's a real eight, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this. We are going to, of course, keep trying to, uh, my goal is eight and higher the whole month. Yeah, I think we could get there. I think there's lots of scary movies out there that I'm going to not like. <laughs> Great. I'm so glad. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Yes. And um, we will see you next week. Yes. Until then, please. please. Double check the headcount on your scuba excursion. Yes. Do a roll call. 
And keep it spooky. And keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dumphy, and Ewa Okolati. Mm-hmm.